Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really excited to have with me on the line my friend, Ty Frankel. Ty is an ex-seven-figure agency owner and a founder of the growth platform called Agency Empire. In the past, Ty has worked with major companies like Universal Music, Red Bull, Warner Brothers, and Sony. And now he and his team at Agency Empire help agency owners grow, systemize, and expand their networks. So this is going to be a really fun call today. Ty, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Jeff, it's a pleasure, man. Long time coming. (laughs) Yeah, right. So (laughs) uh, you and I are cut from the same cloth. We're both agency owners. You have a slightly different slant though, where you did did a lot of work in the entertainment industry. I believe you're also listed on the IMDB database. Right. You have some credits and accolades to your name. You did your research. Yeah. Right. Can you please take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and how you became so awesome? Oh, thank you, man. That's a, first of all, great intro. Appreciate it, Jeff. Um, So basically when I was 14, I started producing music for rappers and I got a couple placements. You know, I got, I did a track for uh, G Herbo, who's pretty famous out of Chicago and did a track for Paul Wall. But when I got to be like 15, 16, 17, I realized that you couldn't make money with beats as a producer, especially when I came up in like 2012, 13, 14. So I transitioned and I found out that you can make money doing music for TV and movies, commercials. So that's what I started doing. Then I read, I read a lot of books. I was living in Thailand after I graduated high school at like ages 17, 18, and I started actually expanding. And instead of me producing the music myself, I built a team. So I was on, I went on SoundCloud and I messaged tons and tons of rappers and singers and engineers and producers. And I built this huge team. Eventually I slapped a name on it, called it Shutdown Music, started hiring out employees. We eventually grew to eight employees. We had like 60 artists from over like 20, 30 different countries. You know, we signed six figure a year deals with Universal Music and Red Bull. Warner was one of our biggest clients. Sony, we did music for Fortnite. We did music for a Keanu Reeves movie. I think it's called Destination Wedding, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, did that. And then in November of 2020, you know, we were doing really well, but there was a cap. We weren't going to grow past probably $100,000 a month, right? So obviously my goals, I mean, not obviously, but my goals specifically are a lot more than that, you know, in terms of um, monetarily and lifestyle wise. So I disbanded the agency and then I went hard. I started going hard on Twitter in November, 2020 and teaching people how to grow their agencies. I grew from like a thousand to 21,000 followers um, in like seven, eight months. And 
yeah, that's it's not where I'm at now. I put out courses, like three, four courses last year in 2021. They did really well. And now I opened up two and a half months ago. I don't know when, whenever you're listening to this in October, 2020, I launched Agency Empire. And that's like the only thing I'm working on. That's my baby. And basically our goal with that is to help, you know, three, five, 10,000, really 10,000 agency owners grow past $100,000 a month in um, MRR. You know, the real interesting part about what you're talking about here, and, I, and I'd like for you to expand upon this a little bit, is how does building an agency for the entertainment industry differ than building an agency for digital marketers and internet marketing? Mm. How does all that play about uh, play out? Well, it's much harder. I mean, the thing is like with, with us, we couldn't quantify our offer, right? So for example, let's say you do Facebook ads for, for a client. You could say, hey, we're going to make you $100,000 a month and we'll take 10% revenue or we'll just take you know a $5,000 a month retainer. And it's like, whoa, that's a fucking amazing deal, right? With us, we were making objectively probably the best music in the industry, best modern music, but we couldn't quantify our offer, right? So that limited growth. And also the industry was so, so, so small. And actually I was working with everyone in the industry. I was basically an industry whore. I'm not ashamed to say it. I had my clients come to me and say, Hey, why are you working with all these people? Why are you working with our competition, whatever? And it's like, okay, well, if you want to pay me a million dollars a year, I'll stop working with them hundred percent. But the industry is just so small and we couldn't quantify our offer. There was, it was pretty unprofessional. Like a lot of creative industries, like you have to deal with all these egos of musicians and the, the workload, the fulfillment was like, really robust. It was a lot of work. Like when we had a revision, for example, when one of our clients said, Hey, could you turn the vocals down by two decibels? Right. For example, we didn't get many revisions, but when we did, it had to go through like 10 or 11 steps just to make that revision. So I would say that's the main difference where, you know, the industry was very small. Um, you can't quantify your offer. So it's a lot harder to scale. It's a lot harder to sell your offer and make people think, hey, this is this is worth it. This is a no-brainer. This is what I like to call an easy money offer. But yeah, I mean, if I had a marketing agency, I mean, it would have been doing multiple millions a year. You know what's yeah. interesting about that is when you're talking about entertainment, I actually had this discussion with my daughter uh, last week, actually, because she's trying to get me involved with her Spotify pl playlist. <laughs> and, and let's just okay. say we have a difference of opinion, right? <laughs> I'm listening to some of this stuff and I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is this crap? Like, seriously, I like, I have to drive. <laughs> I don't please stop. Yeah, please stop. Right. And she's just, and she is literally looking at me if though, if though I'm on, you know, like if, like if I have horns and a pig's nose and I'm like, no, uh -huh. like, like seriously, you call this music. Right. So I can definitely sympathize there. Right. But so what it sounds to me, what was happening was that you were putting out music, which is subjectively good, or you're putting out uh, content, which is subjectively good, which is in the, which is really what's going on in the, in the entertainment industry. Right. Because, you know, some people may like the matrix, other people, it just goes over their head and they just don't understand it. Whereas a digital marketing agency, when you're doing this for businesses, your goals are much more concrete. Your goals are much more like, you know, if I'm going to manage a $10,000 a month Facebook ad campaign for you, those numbers are there. 
Like you can't hide them. You know, Facebook tells you how many impressions, how many, how many clicks, how many conversions. What did you do with those conversions? All of those numbers are much more objective, right? So when you made that shift, was there some kind of like revelation where you were like, oh, wait a second, this is a hell of a lot easier. Like, why am I playing games with these, with these big ego uh, producers? I should be talking with these big ego, uh, you know, uh, marketing departments. Uh, how is that mindset different for you? So, okay. So my history, right. I went right from the music agency to growing my brand on Twitter. So I, I had a marketing agency. It was called shutdown emails, you know, playing off shutdown music. We had it for like four or five months. It was like January to May, 2021. We had like four or five clients, but then I disbanded it and just like went all in on my personal brand and on Twitter. So the shift really came when I started focusing on Twitter and just realizing how easy it is to make money. Most places outside of the music industry, like I was doing a lot of research on software, on marketing, on obviously personal branding. That's what I was doing, helping people build their own businesses. And the music industry, especially my industry is like the music for TV and film industry specifically is so fucking hard to make money in. And the thing is, we had no competition. So our competition were not other companies, but they were producers and composers, independent producers and composers. We were in a space where we created music and we sold it to Red Bull, Universal, Sony. We were in a very small space. We didn't distribute our own music. We created it and we, we sold it to these companies. They distributed it. Their clients were these TV networks and um, TV production companies, movie networks, movie studios, video game companies right? So we were in a very tight space. So that like our profit was like probably 15, 20%. And there was a reason there were no other companies in our space because the profit is so low and it's so hard to build a company in that space. And the upside is a hundred K a hundred K a month max and probably 25, 30% profit margin. So in our industry, no matter how much I built and built and built and built, and I got to the top of the whole, I got to the top of the industry by 22. We won like three, four awards. We had the best hip hop, best electronic and pop music in the whole industry, Ob like objectively, speaking objectively, but we couldn't get past like 50, 60 K a month. So that's, that's where I had to call it quits. You know, you know, I can definitely feel that because, you know, like once you hit that plateau, it's like, okay, great. Now what else is there right yeah. now? You, you know, how else am I going to make that happen? And I think it's really interesting that you were able to recognize that so early and be able to make that shift. First of all, it's very ballsy to to take something just like, you know, something, I'm out of here. Let someone it's else not as ballsy it. as you think. Let me tell you that because that? I have royalty statements coming in three months, every three months, and those are going to be there for the next five, 10 years. And those are enough to live off of. Those are like probably 30K every three months. So it's like, all right, I have that. I don't have to work for that right? For the next five, 10 years, they're going to be pretty consistent. Now I could take the time off and, you know, try this thing and try that thing. You have a cushion. Experiment. Exactly. So it wasn't as ballsy as you think. <laughs> no, I love it, man. I, lo I love it. So at least, you know, it took a little bit of planning, but you know, if, uh, if you have that cushion to work with, then why not branch out? Why not move to a different city? Why not, you know, refresh your head? you know, and try to build something else. I think it's a, I, th I still think it's a very ballsy move because that whole <laughs> mind shift of just re really repositioning yourself, it's basically reinventing yourself, you know, like from the beginning and being able to tell people like, okay, yeah, I stand for this now. And it's great that I have all this past life stuff coming in. You've now created this new identity for yourself and that takes time and effort as well. So 
It, um, yeah, it definitely did. Thank you, man. I want to shift gears a little bit on the mechanics of how of how you built up your list and how you are positioning agency empire in order to really take off. That's really part of your one big tip here, which is to send out tons of personalized connections and, you know, cold emails. Just introduce yourself, right? Just introduce yourself to the industry and, you know, tell people like, hey guys, here I am. This is what I stand for. Um, Would you like to join me on this ride? Can you please talk a little bit about about how that's working for you and as you're building the agency empire model, how has that helped you grow the number of members, you know, like in, uh, you know, in this new group, but also helped you, you know, build the agency up from, from something that didn't exist until not too long ago. So I could talk first about shutdown music and how I was able to really leverage cold email and build that up. And Basically, I've been cold emailing since I was 14. I, uh, I had a hip hop blog called Dungeons of Rap, dungeonsofrap.com. It's obviously not on the net anymore. I had it for like maybe three to six months. And I went out and I interviewed these pretty famous underground rappers. You know, you could look them up like Master Ace, who's like Eminem's idol. I interviewed Dice Raw from The Roots, pretty, pretty big band. They're on Jimmy Fallon. I interviewed Wordsmith and this rapper called Rex, R-E-K-S. And basically to get those interviews, what I had to do was reach out and cold email. Okay, so I did that. And then I disbanded my blog and then I started producing and then I had to distribute my beats. So I sent beats out to rappers and I was cold emailing people that way. I have screenshots of myself sending beats to Janae Iko and Travis Scott like in 2012, 2013. Um, and that's how I got these placements with Paul Wall and G Herbo and um, a couple other artists that you guys probably wouldn't know. But I've been cold emailing for such a long time. And the thing is, like, if you have some type of product or service, like obviously not B2C, it'd be B2B. Um, cold email is an incredible way to get it in front of who you want to get it in front of. Right. So it's like cold email is very private. Like you wouldn't show your email inbox to a stranger or a friend or whatever. It's like it's very private. You keep it to yourself. So when you get into someone's inbox, and you have an email that warrants them reading it, you know, it's personalized, it has a good subject line that generates curiosity, they're gonna read it. And now if your offer is good enough, they're gonna take notice and it's rather easy to book a call with them, right? If you have a shitty offer, it's hard. If you have shitty outreach, it's hard. But if you have a great offer, you target well, you know, you're sure the person you're emailing is gonna wanna buy, you're mostly certain, and you, um, you know, you have a great offer that's like has mitigated risk, you know, performance based or rev share, whatever is what I would go with over over a retainer model. If you're an agency listening to this, then and you have a great track record, you have great social proof case studies, all that good stuff. Then cold email, it, it's a great way to get clients. Like it's unbelievably reliable. Reliable. It's one thing for you to so when we're sending out cold emails, we are not talking about spamming. We are not talking about just, you know, sending out, you know, 10,000 emails to, you know, to, to anybody and everybody. We are talking about still targeting the people that you want to speak with, the people that you want to talk to, right? But just not being afraid of the rejection of, well, first of all, there's the, you know, will they answer, will they not answer, right? So if they don't answer, okay, no big deal. 
But if they, um, oh, but if they do answer, you know, there is a point where they might just say like, Hey, this is pretty good. You know, this tickled my, you know, something in my brain at the exact moment that I needed to hear it. Let me reach out to this guy, Ty. Let me reach out and see what he's all about. And basically what you're saying is just put yourself out there. Like, what do you have to lose? Right? A thousand percent. And you can automate it. Like, it's really not, it's really not that hard. You can use a software like MailShake and you could send 20, 30, 40 emails from one inbox. And then you could have three, four, five inboxes. You could send a hundred, 200 emails every day. Let's say every email sequence is three emails. Let's say three to four emails on average. You could send out full email sequences to let's say 300 prospects a week. If you get a 4% meeting book rate, which is about average, we can say 3% be a little conservative. You're going to book nine meetings from 300 prospects, right? And there's ways you could, you could get even more meetings. You could up that meeting book rate to 5%, 10, even 20, 30, 40%. I get meetings with whoever I want to get meetings with at this point. Like if there's a company out there that I want to reach out to, I'm going to end up talking to them more like 99% of the time, basically, because my offer is so good and because my outreach is so good. But also the thing that people don't really realize is that, okay, most people just send one email and they're done. That's my cold email. I'm done. That's it. It's over, right? If they respond, they respond. If they don't, they don't. What you really want to do, and if you're very confident in your offer, which you should be, if not, go and you need to readjust your offer and make it undeniably amazing you can email an, a sequence of three to four cold emails, right? A, con, a LinkedIn connection request plus drip messages. You can call their phone and you could do that to four or five employees at a company, at a potential client. So think about like your meeting book rate compared to sending one email compared to sending three to four emails, a, con, a LinkedIn connection request plus a couple drip messages. You could automate both of those plus out like two or three outbound calls until they answer. Think about how much higher your meeting book rate is going to be. You could pretty much book a meeting with almost whoever you want to book a meeting with at that point. You know, what's interesting about what you hit on is that, uh, you know, I came up in this industry listening to a lot of podcasts and listening to a lot of gurus out there, you know, and, and they're all telling you about the, they're all telling you about the tactics. Like, yeah, you have to send out all these, uh, you have to send out all these emails and this is how you set them up and I, and all that. But you talked about something you know, that was already the next step, which is the offer, right? Because you can send out the emails themselves, but who cares if the offer is crap, right? They're not going to work. Exactly. So let's talk for a minute about what in your mind constitutes a great offer or an eye-catching offer that will get them to either pick up the phone or kick or click that uh, Calendly link. How does that look in your world? So I like to call it an easy money offer. And basically what it is, it's an offer that mitigates risk for your potential clients. So for example, let's say you charge $5,000 a month and you have no track record, no social proof, no testimonials. You barely even have a website. Do you think people are going to buy that off? Probably, probably not. Probably not most of the time. So you could take all these different steps to mitigate the risk up your perceived trust right? So you could, for example, you have testimonials, you have case studies that you wrote about other companies in that specific niche, right? You mitigate the risk, meaning you can mitigate risk in, in a multitude of ways. You can 
lower the contract term, right? So let's say instead of a 12 month term where you're locked in, they're going to have to pay you month over month for 12 months. It's just monthly and it automatically renews. So whenever they want to leave, they're out. Whenever you want to leave, you can leave, right? You could do things like that. You could do things like instead of having a retainer, you could make it performance-based, meaning that you don't make money unless you make your client money. Now, they're going to pay you nothing if you don't make them money, right? So that that by nature lowers the risk. You could do all these different things. You could, let's say you charge a setup fee, $2,000 setup fee. You could remove the setup fee. You could lower the setup fee. You could charge it once, you know, half a setup fee up front, half when you guys are done onboarding, right? You have, t- another thing is like also having a money back guarantee. You could have a money back guarantee. You could have tight qualification. What does that mean? That means when you're on discovery calls, you really want to understand your the prospect's business and know in full confidence that your service will be able to help them. If not, you don't bring them on. If you are able to help them, you're fully confident, you bring them on. So you're going to ask a lot, a lot of questions and really deep dive into their business. And what that does, that subconsciously mitigates risk in a prospect's mind because there are lots of agencies out there that'll just take any business on and they don't give a shit. And they'll, the thing is their business is built on client acquisition where they bring on clients for two, three months, they make, you know, five, $10,000 and they don't get results and the client leaves. You want your business to be on not acquisition, but um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, you want it to be continuous. You want it to be recurring. Yes. You don't, <laughs> yeah, you don't, exactly. you don't want people to be leaving all the time. I mean, what good is that? I mean, you know, at the very minimum, you want these businesses to stick around for years, not months. And I, you know, I tell people, all the time, right. I mean, I would be doing you a disservice sometimes if I was to take your money. When I talk with businesses that I know are too early for me, or I know don't have a great offer or really are just like, oh, I just want to be in the, you know, rank number one on SEO or whatever. Like, uh, uh, listen, there are lots of people that will take your money. Please don't give it to them, but also don't give it to me either. Right. Because exactly. that's not the right way to go. And usually what I try to do is to educate them and just tell them, look, you know, just take a breather here. This is what I think you need to focus on first. Please get all that in order. And if it means that you come back to me a year, two years, five years later, you know, and remember me as the guy that steered you right, then, you know, I will have one a customer for life, exactly. not just for two, three months. Cause who wants that hit and run anyways? I mean, it's, you know, yes, you can pay the bills. It's not sustainable and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't yeah. work. And the best agencies really, okay. If you get a, if you get a prospect on the phone, you want to make money somehow. So what I would recommend is having a, a group of partners, what I like to call a referral alliance, right? Let's say a company, okay, they, they come to you for SEO, but it turns out they really need a new website. It turns out they really need Facebook ads. You have those web developers and Facebook ads partners who you know are going to fucking deliver for them that you could refer them out to. And you're going to make a 10, 15, 20% commission off that, right? So you have that referral alliance in place and then you have, okay, let's say, you know, they, they don't, they come to you for SEO, but they're not even close to even needing SEO you have some sort of downsell, right? Maybe a done a done with you instead of a done for you, some sort of SaaS product or something like that where, okay, they'll subscribe. You're going to earn $30, $40 a month, better than nothing. You don't want to leave a, a meeting with a prospect empty-handed, if at all possible. All these things, building a referral alliance and having a couple downsell options are very 
low friction. It's very easy to build a referral alliance. Like, hey, can I can I give you clients for free? You know, give me 10, 15% cut. Who's going to say no to that? Exactly. Right? So as an agency, there's a lot of other ways that you can make money when you have those prospects on the phone. And I wouldn't let those go. Those, those ways are super leveraged. Your actual service, you're most likely not making more than 25, 30% profit margin, but on the downsell SaaS option and on the referral, it's a hundred percent pure profit. So, so don't overlook that. You know, what's interesting about that model is that you don't really need to think about the, you know, like the customer service or, or the account management aspects of it when you have someone else working on the, you know, on the website creation, for example, that's, you know, let them take care of it. And if all you're doing is just uh, taking care of, you know, your core offer and you're passing off the rest of the stuff so that it does get done, you know that it's needed, but it's just not your core offering. It just makes it a win-win for everybody. Exactly. And then at some point, like I I say niche down and offer one service to one niche, but at some point, let's say, let's say you're at, you know, six figures a month, even 50 K a month, you could grow. I think it's called horizontally or I think horizontal growth where, you know, you don't, okay, approach a new market with your existing service, but you offer another service to your existing clients. Like, let's say you do SEO. Now you could do Facebook ads or you could do web dev or whatever to your existing clients. And the beautiful thing is if you offer anything else to your existing clients, they're more, they're more than likely if they need it, are going to buy it from you because they already trust you for providing them the amazing service that you provided them for X amount of months or years. So it's much more likely that they're going to buy from you. Like, for example, I was, um, we did music for Warner Brothers. The, um, the head of production there, Pat, Pat Weaver, she's amazing. I think she's still there. She was there when I was there. And she's like the head boss there. We were working directly with her doing a lot of music. And she's like, Ty, do you know any graphic designers? Like I need to do like, I have like lots of album covers I need to be done. Do you know any graphic designers? And I'm like, yeah, I know like 10, 15 awesome graphic designers. I didn't know any graphic designers. I just told her that, right? And then what I did, I went home and I built up a subdivision of my company called Shutdown Art. And what I did is I basically found like 10, 15, 20 awesome graphic designers. And guess what? We ended up doing a hundred album covers for them and they paid us $300 each. So we made an extra $30,000 just for me. Okay. Having that existing relationship and offering my client an additional service. I love it. I love it, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Ty, can you please uh, let everyone know how they can learn more about, about your company and how they can reach out to you directly? Absolutely. So what I own right now, I own a company called Agency Empire. And basically what that is, quick, I'll give you guys the skinny. It helps agency owners grow in probably seven or eight different ways. So you come in, there's discounts on over 20 different software products. There's service partners. So you don't have to go and try to find someone else to hire. Um, we have web dev people, no code automation consultants, Facebook ads agencies, anyone who you possibly want to hire. We very stringently vetted and brought on board. So they're going to get you great results. It's a community aspect. You get networking. We build out your referral alliance for you, right? Um, And there's like tons of courses. There's over 20 courses, 25 courses on there that'll help you get from zero to 5K, five to 20K, 20, 50, 50 to 100K a month. And it's it's a, what, $1? You get $1 for the first 14 days. So I invite anyone to try it, agencyempire.to. And if you want to reach out to me directly, hit me up at, ty at tyfrankel.net, T-Y at T-Y 
F-R-A-N-K-E-L, or actually .com. Uh, .net is fine too. I, have, I own that inbox. And yeah, I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn as well. So feel free to shoot me a LinkedIn message and you know, I'm always available. Um, hopefully we'll respond to you if you're, if you're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't speak English. If you're, <laughs> if, if you're, if your outreach is good enough, if you're, if whatever you're saying warrants a response, I will respond to you. It's just, I get a lot of messages. So. I love it, man. Thank you so much for joining Absolutely. me today. It's been very informative. I love nerding out on this stuff. So Ty, thank Same. you so much for joining me on the show today. Pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.